Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today I'm excited to be joined by Hannah Hermanson. Hannah is the CEO of Dunn for You Copywriting Services for Coaches and also the host of her own podcast, The Dream Life is Real Life. How are you today, my dear? You good? I'm good. Yeah, it's great to be connected across the, the ponds here. I know, isn't it? Isn't it funny how the world seems to get smaller and smaller like it really does the more i stay home and work from my home base the more i meet people around the world it's amazing yeah <laughs> it is and in some cases uh hannah there isn't actually an excuse anymore because so much is at our fingertips isn't it there's so much like potential and reach we like yeah. people that went before us where there wasn't even like the internet or even an online market like they would have a field day now. Yeah. Yeah. I actually talk about that a lot when it comes to business these days. We forget how much we did before the internet. Like, it's amazing. Like, I'm talking to six people in six different time zones just today. Like, that would not have been possible even 30 years ago. But we also forget what worked 30 years ago in some of, and like, I'm super passionate about what I call ancient marketing techniques of like building relationships, hitting the sidewalk, having people know about you in your area. And now, of course, we can translate and scale that to the internet, but it's definitely a delightful time to uh, be a business owner, in my opinion. <laughs> it is because I think that the opportunity now for us is the fact that you have the whole online audience, but then you also have the old traditions that that actually shouldn't be lost either you know a handwritten card you know the impact of that like on a, on a customer you know or whatever it is having that little kind gesture I was on somebody else's podcast and their PR and um, VA reached out to me and said you know our host loves to give you know a gift to those that come on a podcast you know what's your address you know and and that sort of that humanness, when you get something through the mail, it's actually, you know, handwritten, it, it means something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Good relationship building. Exactly. Now, I do want to ask you, because we're talking about online as well as, you know, the people that are in our physical sphere, but how do we make a presence online, Hannah? That's just something that you, that I know that you're passionate about and, you know, how we represent our brand you know, is something that you obviously help people with through copywriting, but how, how do we make a presence online? Yeah, it really does go back to the basics like we already started talking about. So when I started my business, I didn't even have Facebook. I was like over it after college. I was like, this is just a mess, a hot mess. <laughs> my Facebook, I'm going to leave. Um, so I didn't even have social media when I started my business. I really relied on relationships. And we all underestimate how many people we know. If we think about all of the phases of our life, all of the neighbors, all of the courses, all of the people who have babysat our dogs, you know, like we know a lot of people. 
And so starting with your community, people that already know, like, and trust you is where you want to start. And that doesn't matter if they're your Facebook friends or Instagram followers or high school classmates. So when I started my presence, I wasn't even online yet. I really just like hit the sidewalk and I realized how important relationships were going to be. Now we can translate that, like we talked about into online tactics, but I really wanna underscore this fact that like every business is a relationship business. So you building a presence is not just about you having cute headshots or finding the right hashtags. We really, I really wanna like frame this around the idea that whatever your shtick is, it's a relationship business and it's gonna be driven by real people. Again, we forget that with all the new gadgets we have. So really starting there. And one of the things I have clients who are just starting out do is make a 100 person list where you brainstorm hundred people who might be helpful to your business, not just as clients, but maybe they are an accountant, or maybe they have a podcast that they could feature you on someday. And most people are like, I only have 50. This is so hard. I don't know anyone. And I push them to think, you know, okay, then who do you know who knows someone? <laughs> you know, who's that two degree separation from you? And it's kind of a good like cognitive dissonance game. Mm. I'm a total psychology nerd. It's good. We're on brains talking about this. But if you give your brain this challenge of think of 100 people who I know who might be able to help or who might be able to be in support of this goal, that's when you have those shower thoughts of like, oh my God, my eighth grade teacher started an Etsy shop. Maybe she could help me or, you know, like maybe we could connect. So really starting with the people that you know and letting them know what you're up to because the first champions of your personal brand are going to be the folks who already know, like, and trust you. So bring them into the loop. I made the mistake when I started a network marketing business years ago of doing the like, hello, friends and family, I'm doing something really cool. And I just like blasted them this email and they were all like, oh, Hannah's got a crazy idea, right? But what I've learned along the way is if you can bring people into the conversation and ask, what do you think of this idea? Or do you know anyone who, and you can ask questions, you really start to expand the people who are behind your mission or wanting to help you out. And then you can translate that into social media. And we can talk about building that online brand, but really starting with who can you get into a conversation about what you're up to? Because uh, again, people are what make things happen. Yeah, bang, bang on. In terms of like business, as you said about, about relationships, it's it's so true. And I think too many people make the mistake of, of forgetting that their business is about the one that interacts with it, that buys it, that uses it. Uh, and too often we, we get too enthusiastic with our own, I guess, offering. And it, and it always makes me smile. If I look at just like my Facebook posts, right, Hannah, if I, if I look at them, you know, if, if I, I don't know, share a link of a podcast that I've been on or share, you know, that I've got a new article in Entrepreneur, you know, I get a bit of engagement, but actually the ones that I get the most engagement with are typically the ones that actually aren't about me, but are about uh, the person who's reading it. And often that could be a quote or a thought. And those, and those posts get like 20 times more 
And that's really the key, isn't it, is to make sure that we don't lose uh, ourselves in our own pleasure by showing people how wonderful we are and how amazing we are, when actually it always needs to be about, about the, the end consumer. Yeah, and that's where magnetic marketing comes from, when we pull people in. Push marketing is when we blast, look how awesome I am, I'm doing this new thing, Hannah has a crazy idea, right? When we pull market, we bring people into the conversation. And this is really tricky, especially for coaches or like, um, I I lovingly call them my woo-woo people who really are into the idea that I can create whatever my heart desires and I have to follow my dharma and my purpose. And, you know, that alignment is something, but it's not marketing, right? So knowing the difference between what you're calling and what your gift is, and then being able to translate it into marketing, because marketing needs to be about other people who's on the other side of the screen. One of the little tips, this is like a write this down moment is if you're going to post something and it's about you, ask yourself the question, and why do they care? And if you can even just like add a segue, right? Like I have this crazy idea and you might care because, or I wanted you to know because those little things can help you make it less about you. Um, Because again, the goal of content or marketing is to pull people into the conversation, not push yourself, you know, into their world. Yeah, that was a really good point uh, there of really thinking, like you said, before you post, why do they care about the fact that I've wrote a third book, you know, and it's because, Mm -hmm. you know, I've gone through the pain of a divorce and I know there's other men that have, and there's bugger all out there for men, you know, Mm -hmm. so why I want you to care is because if I can uh, heal one man, encourage one man, then, you know, so I love that. So well done. Yeah. Really good. I love that. And with that, if we want to keep talking like strategy and things to write down, (laughs) I think another thing to add like icing on the cake of that idea of always coming from like, you know, there's a mission. I'm on a purpose. I'm on, there's a purpose to me sharing this with you. Um, You can still make it about you. You can bring yourself into it through storytelling. Mm -hmm. So This is where personal brands really can be personal and be about the individual and share things that are happening in your life and storytelling. This is another ancient form of marketing. We've been telling stories since before we even had like coherent language, like it was entertainment. It really captivates us as humans. And so if you can start to leverage telling a story, again, not just blasting, telling, look at me, but bringing people into a story that is about you, that they can relate to and they see, oh, this connects to me because, or there's that segue with it. This is where we get to still be who we want to be, share what we're up to, but keep people in the converse conversation and be a, be a great marketer. Beautiful. I know, I know people that are listening are going to be at different stages of their business, Hannah, but how, how does a business scale up once it's established? We know that for startups, the most important thing is to be established, but then how do we scale our business further? Yeah, well, ironically, you stop making it about you. (laughs) Just like your business isn't about you, your marketing shouldn't be all about you, your business model should not rely all on you. So solopreneurs have the biggest bottleneck. If it is just you in your business, you aren't going to scale because you have a limited amount of belief. 
time, energy, resources, genius. So identifying where your energy is most effective first and foremost, and getting yourself back into that zone of genius or that gift you started all of this for, and then starting to look at how you can take all the other things that take away your time, energy, and joy, and hand them, hand that to other people. Growing your team is the fastest, most feel-good way to scale. Because I truly believe there are enough people brought here that are supposed to fight fires and bake muffins and balance my accounting books. And I am not supposed to do all of those things. <laughs> this is not in my wheelhouse. But as business owners, we think we have to do all of that. And we start taking on accounting and marketing and client support and all of these things that are going to be the bottleneck. So to scale, figure out your zone of genius, and then start to find people who have a different zone of genius that can come in and support you because you can, what are, what are the cliches, right? Like we go further together or you can go alone or you can go further. Like all of that stuff is really true. Yeah, it, it is true. And one thing that I that I remember from when I interviewed Brian Smith, founder of Ugg Boots, and also Rob Angel, who created Pictionary, they they both knew uh, when they needed to kind of get out of the way, and and they both knew actually how how much they could take it, and then realized that it needed fresh impetus, you know, and and that's really important, I think, of knowing because I think you know often people treat their business like a baby. They don't want to pass it on to somebody else. They don't want to give it to a nanny. But actually, the best thing for a baby is to have variety, to have a new experience, to have a new way of thinking, to to bring in you know new strategy. And that's definitely the case, you know, with yeah. with going from you know being established to then to then scaling. And with that, like it's our baby thing. Um, we're also like helicopter parents at some point where we think we have to control it all and we still know best. And that's just a whole lot of ego, right? And so I literally started using personality tests, like psychology scores for hiring teammates, because I realized that they, no one is wired exactly like I am. Like, I really thought no one is going to want to figure out our operations and put this on Asana and zap it to Slack and like all of this tech stuff that I was just like, no one wants to do that. Well, lo and behold, one of my teammates is all about systems and organization and she loves learning that and like she would be a coder if she could. And I'm like, you want to do this? She's like, yes, like I could do this all day. But in my head, I just thought everyone thinks like me, everyone wants to be the leader and that in the talking head. And that's just like not true. And so, yeah, bringing other experts into your business is a massive surge of energy for scaling. Love it. Love it. Now, one thing that I've wrestled with, and I know that your clients will have wrestled with them and a lot of people that will listen to this podcast as well. Uh, you could be the best coach there is out there. Uh, but what's the best way to let people know you exist? Because there's always that fine balance of not coming across as all about you, like what we've talked about, coming across as indulgent, coming across as self-entitled, but then also, you know, letting people know, well, this is who I am and, and you need to keep showing up, you know, and keep, you know, presenting yourself. What's, what's the best way do you feel? 
Mark, this is exactly the mission I am on because I helped coaches learn marketing. I taught them like storytelling and copywriting and marketing strategy. And it was just like fitting a square peg in a round hole because coaches signed up to be coaches and the best coaches are not the best marketers. We see these loud coaches out there who like figured out or who have a really big, great marketing team, but they're not always the best coaches. And it was literally starting to break my heart to see these experienced, established, certified coaches with no business because they just didn't figure out the marketing piece. And so this goes back to being honest with yourself about where you shine, what your zone of genius is, and thinking about how you can get the right support to do the other stuff. <laughs> so um, coaches who are struggling with figuring out how to get themselves out there, you can bang your head against all the copywriting books and sign up for all the mentors and follow all of their blueprints to like get a basic understanding. But at some point, you also might want to be honest with yourself and realize, well, this isn't even what I want to do with my whole life, figuring out how to post and what to write on my website. And so my recommendation is this is where you look for those other geniuses. Just like I found someone to figure out zaps and Slack and tech, like finding people who you align with, who have that skill set, because you need a basic understanding of marketing, but you don't have to be the one out there every single day doing it. You know, it's like this don't like let the bakers do the muffins, let you go coach, let marketers come and give you some support. And this is exactly why I shifted from coaching to done for you copywriting and marketing so that we could work together both in our zones of genius. Love it. Now, we obviously are all in the content creation business, whether we're writing for magazines like Brains or whether we're, we're producing programs and courses. But how, how do we improve our al alignment, uh, Hannah, with the content that we create? Because I think they're really important, aren't they, to have an alignment with our own truth, but also alignment with those that we serve. So how, yeah. how do we improve that? Yeah. So I love that you use the word alignment because this is so key for every coach, like knowing yourself first and foremost, like every person I work with, we go through personality tests. We do things like human design and Colby and strength finder. And I ask questions like, you know, would you rather live video or never be seen on video? <laughs> because there are so many gurus and templates and blueprints that have been helpful for some people. But if we just follow how everyone else has done it, we're not going to get the same results because we're not the same exact person. So starting with self-awareness and being honest with yourself of like, what are you willing to show up for? For me, podcasting, speaking like this, I'm doing six today. I did four yesterday. Like I will show up and create content in this way because it also really helps my copywriting, which we can talk about. Um, speaking really helps writing. But I think this being honest with yourself, like what are you willing to show up for? Because marketing is a lifelong journey. As much as I, we want to be just one funnel away, it's something you're going to have to show up consistently for or make part of your business life. So starting with that self-awareness, being honest, do you like to speak? Do you like to write? Do you like to network? There are so many ways that you can do it. Start with your strengths and help that drive your approach. Yeah, I think what you said, you know, speaking helps with writing. I always find that if I'm writing, 
you know, a, a book or an article, then actually re reading helps expand, you know, my vocabulary mm -hmm. to be able to digest something. And then you put your own, your own essence and spin and, and interpretation on it that feels, you know, real and is filtered through your own lens of, of truth, then that does mm -hmm. feel very much aligned and you're able to speak out of maybe some of your own personal situation, which is what I typically do is I like to share my my reality in order for it to really engage, you know, with the person that's consuming it, right? So that's the sort of thing you that you're on about. Totally, totally. A few things just um, resonated and these are more write this down, you can do this now sort of thing. So um, getting some core stories out of yourself, like your most embarrassing story, the worst date you ever went on, um, you know, the biggest mistake you made in your business, the thing you wish you had done. Like if you can come up with some core stories and either talk them out, like people who don't want to write, just like voice record yourself and then go type it later because you'll hear it. It will write itself in that way. But finding some of those core stories um, are, is really helpful to start your marketing and do things like you're talking about of like building that personal brand, building that connection, finding the reason why this matters because um, just like we like movies, we like seeing, we like hearing about what's happening in real life, like you said. And when I decided to scale my copywriting business, I knew I would have to hire a team. Mm. And at the time I was really like in the masculine building business, figured out mode, like how are we gonna market this? How are we gonna change this? And I was reading books by like Gina Wickman, Traction and all these like business books. And I just was like, so frustrated, like hitting a wall. I was like, how do I, how do I get these writers to like, be like me or like, how do I like get this team? Like, it was just like all bad vibes. And like you said, I started reading fiction again, like Bridget Jones's diary and David Sedaris and like funny things that helped me get back into the creative thing. And like, oh, like these are actually the things that are important for us to write about. It's not always the like marketing structure in the business plan, but a lot of times it's like finding those examples and talking it out and helping that inform your approach and really like your personal brand, mm. if that makes sense. It does. <laughs> I, th I think one of the reasons why people don't create content that's aligned or, or really take action in life is, is procrastination. What, what do you believe uh, or why do you believe so many people suffer with procrastination? It's really vulnerable to market yourself or your idea, or your business. It's really easy to like be behind the scenes, putting out fires, figuring it out, brainstorming. But putting yourself out there brings up conscious and subconscious fears of what, I hope, you know, I'm going to be judged. People will see this. I might get haters, right? And so it makes sense that we would procrastinate the thing that might cause us pain, that really puts us out there. And I see this so many times with coaches, they have this real block. They can show up and lead a room, but you ask them, what makes you qualified or what makes you different? And they're like, I'm brunette. <laughs> and they like, they like lose, they like don't see their greatness when we're told we have to put this in this marketing box or like we have to translate it into this other language. 
And so it makes sense that if we're not, if we're afraid we might get hurt or something bad might happen subconsciously. And then we also don't really know how to do the language or we're not really sure that that would be the thing to procrastinate. Again, if you're in your zone of genius, you could do it all day and it would energize you. But if you're not, we hesitate. And I call this procrastinating because we like procrastinate and caffeinate and like clean our house and like find all of these other quiet, easy things to do that make us feel busy, but don't actually like put us out there (laughs) and Mm. have people know what we're about. Yeah, I think there's some truth there. And I think there's a bit of a challenge as well. I mean, I, I kind of find it quite liberating to talk about some of the things that I've gone through that that were painful. Now, I honestly believe that the people that can talk about the past uh, are the ones that have have healed or have at least begun that that journey. Uh, and I would almost go to say that those that don't talk about and aren't vulnerable are because actually they haven't healed um, or started that healing process. And we always hear about how hurting people hurt people. But actually, as coaches in particular, we also need to embrace that healed people heal people. And the Mm -hmm. world more now than ever needs people to heal from their trauma in order for us to help others that have been through traumatic events. Mm -hmm. I was just at a dinner party. We have... I live in Mexico. I'm an expat, digital nomad, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of our friends are very like worldly, if you will. They've had a lot of experience. They've had a lot of therapy. They've seen a lot in their life. And we kind of got into a heated debate about who's more involved in child rearing, men or women. Like we, we probably shouldn't have even gone down this path at the time of the night that it was, but we got into it. And at one point, one of my friends was like, we are all just throwing our trauma at each other. And it's so true when we all come from this place of I'm right, or I think this thing because I was hurt. Now I'm going to, you know, I got to defend this hurt or this thing that I, this battle wound that I have. Like, I think it's a very unique circle to be in that we can recognize like, oh, we're all just coming from like a traumatic place right now in this conversation. But you scale that reality to a really bustling social media culture, and it can be really hard to understand like who is there to heal, who is there to hurt. And I think that finding mentors and knowing, doing that self-awareness work so that you can align in a way that you're showing up and being that positive force coming from a place of integrity, not just I have to sell something, you'll, you'll find much better results in the you know, reactions or responses that you'll get to what you're sharing, even if it's agitating or polarizing. Mm, Yeah, I totally agree with that. And uh, yeah, I reckon we could probably do this podcast uh, once over again, you know, like, because there's so much richness in it. I do, I do want to ask you, Hannah, tell me about your podcast, you know, um, for me, it's, it's always interesting to find out you know, from other people, why they do a podcast. So the dream life is real life podcast. Um, how, how does that really stand out? And what are you looking to do with that? That may be different to, you know, regular podcasts that are around, you know, anything to do with like coaching or copywriting or content or life. What, what makes, what makes yours stand out? What's your vision with it? So growing up, my first dream job was to be a photo journalist. 
And when I learned how few of those there were, I decided I'll just keep like photography as a passion and I'll be a news anchor. So in 10th grade, I went to Job Shadow, the local news anchor, Jessica Arp in Madison, Wisconsin. She was delightful, but I did not want her life, okay? We got up at 4 a.m. We went walking through a dog park in the rain for some story that we couldn't even complete and we had to be like dressed up. And then we had to come up with another story in like two hours and we ended up going to local fast food restaurant for lunch and ate in a van and it was just like the most stressful crazy day but then at 5 p.m there she was in the news telling her thing and I was just like whoa so much more goes behind the news and like your reporter life but I still was captivated by telling stories and bringing other experiences into your home, right? And so I started going down the psychology, the journalism route in college and really wasn't sure what I was going to do with that. I had little blogs where I would share my pictures. It was like always a real passion for me. And then fast forward to when I'm about 24 and I had my first taste of California. And I'm from small town, Wisconsin, and I'm in California and I'm on the beach and I had this like, wow, like people don't even know that California is cold in some places. Like I was just like the world. Oh my gosh. And I found myself on a beach and I was just saying like dream life is real life. Like this is a real thing that I'm doing. And so these seeds that I planted throughout my life, just, you know, the dots connect in hindsight. So I wanted to tell stories. I wanted to share and like bring people into each other's world. And I also knew that there was a way to make your dream life your real life. And so when this podcasting thing kind of started coming around or I became aware of it about five years ago, I thought this is my chance to share people's stories, bring them into our homes or our earbuds and understand how people have connected their own dots in hindsight and gotten to the place that they're at. So Dream Life is Real Life is my passion project and my wannabe news reporting where I talk to people who have done things outside of the box. They've left their nine to five. They're doing something other than the traditional, you know, life trajectory that we all, a lot of us in this era have grown up with. And I ask them questions about what they've learned along the way so that we can all get some nuggets, both in mindset, marketing, and sometimes Mexico comes up, <laughs> but that, that's the gist. Love it. Love it. Hannah. Sounds, sounds great. And very much, very you, you know, we're talking about a lot of creating, you know, and improving uh, content that's in alignment. Obviously you're, you're, you're living out of what you're preaching there. Hannah, is there anything else that you want to share or capture? And of course, let people know how they can, get in touch with you and, and say hello and, and work with you? How, how, how do people go about that? Yeah, well, if you're a coach or an entrepreneur who's thinking like, man, I really am that square peg in a round hole. I've been trying to market myself and figure it out. And you're realizing like most of my day is not spent doing my childhood dream or things that I love. I'm spent doing things that really are in my zone of UG. Then I've got some resources that could be helpful. We do done for you copywriting, marketing, and we've got some templates that can help coaches start to get their voice, their brand, and their stories out into the world without having to like reinvent the wheel or procrastinate as we talked about <laughs> mm -hmm. and what was the what was the website name did you say 
Yeah, so if you jump over to dreamlifeisreallife.com, you can learn more about what we do. If you go to dreamlifeisreallife.com slash freebie, I've got three social media posts that you are swipe copy. So you can copy, tweak, edit to, you know, fit your personal details and then post. And 80% uh, of the folks who have used those templates have gotten a sales conversation landed. So it might be worth your time to take a peek. Very good. Well, Hannah, I've really enjoyed it today with you and uh, look forward to seeing uh, all the waves uh, that you create over the next uh, 12 months. So thank you. Appreciate you, Mark. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Mark Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. <laughs>